Welcome to Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast from South Cities Church. Learn more at southcities.church. Should I have said something else? I think, feel like I forgot something. Oh, we're in Lakeville. Lakeville, Minnesota. Minnesota, United States of America, Earth. 55044. Solar System, Soul, Milky Way, Galaxy. 550. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait. 55044. What arm are we in in the Milky Way? I can't remember. Gamma, gamma quadrant? No, gamma. that's Buzz Lightyear. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. Alpha quadrant. Alpha quadrant. That's Star Trek. Okay. Alpha, beta quadrant, something like that. The Borg come from Delta quadrant. Mm. Mm. Anyways, <clears throat> resistance is futile. futile. <laughs> Random question. Yep. Ethan's with us here too. Hi, Ethan. Along with a hey, couple hey. of other mysterious guests that will introduce themselves momentarily. Make themselves known I'll in remind a our listeners I'm about to be on paternity leave. They'll introduce themselves in a moment. Um, Let the listener understand. Ethan, others that are here, what movie do you think you have seen the most? I was thinking about it. It's probably Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. Probably. A wizard arrives precisely. Either that or Prisoner of Azkaban. When Harry Potter. (laughs) One of the two. It's Prisoner of Azkaban, the one where it's the it's serious black gets yeah. intru- uh-huh. introduced. Oh, yeah. Okay, With very great uh, Gary. Uh, um, what's the name of that actor? Oldman. What? Oldman. Yeah, Gary, Gary Oldman. Oldman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. Plot twists and turns. Which one do you think you've seen more? I don't know. What's it's your favorite quote from toss-up. Fellowship of the Ring? From Fellowship of the Ring? Yeah, go. Um, is that when when uh. When Gandalf and Frodo are in the cave. Yes. And it, wait, is that, was that when Frodo says, I wish I'd, this I had wish never come to me. So do all that. So do all who will live to see such times. Oh, okay. Yes. I think. Yeah. But then he basically says there's someone that's in control. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then a major character gets killed. Spoiler alerts, Ethan. What movie do you think you've seen the most? Uh, I don't know about something from my childhood. If that was, uh, Mm. Well, if you're not sure. tons of times, yeah. but uh, in more of the adulthood, it has definitely been Black Hawk Down uh, due to a myriad of baseball trips in high school. And that was the only movie on my iPod Nano. So you watched Black Hawk Down on like a two inch screen. Yeah. Very uh, tiny screen sitting on a bus. Lots on the way of protagonists to- die in that movie. Yes. It is a war movie. It yes. is a war movie. Very is that Josh mo- Hartnett? Yep. Yep. A I very moving you. war movie. Bunch of others. All right. Random guests that bear no relation to me. What, uh, or what movie, do they? What movie <laughs> do you think you've seen the most in your young lives? Uh, I've probably seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse the most. Oh, yeah. Incredible animation. Right. Extremely what's your favorite line from that movie? Oh, I didn't ask great. Ethan, what's your favorite line from Black Hawk Down? Ooh, um, something like, ah, yeah, yeah. get to the chopper. Get oh wait, that's not, <laughs> that's predator. That's not Black no. Hawk Down. <clears throat> yeah. You don't want to get to the chopper. Right. Black Hawk yeah. Down. Yes, actually, exactly. <laughs> well, actually that, no, you do to go and save. Oh, we're going too people. deep here. We're yeah, going too yeah, deep. Yeah. A little too much. Anyways. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't pick something okay. out at this You got point. a line, Kidman from, uh, just no, whole, not really. There isn't like any. Really? There's yeah. some dialogue. Do you do you have a movie that you're pretty sure you've seen the most? Same as Cademan. Same as Cademan. Yeah, I, that was 
This can be that or maybe one or two other animated movies would have been my guess. Although, uh, if we were to go deep into the recesses of time and your Curious George phases, perhaps perhaps there would hey, be others. nothing wrong with Curious George. I mean, I get it, yeah. I'm all about Curious George. Probably my favorite movie, though, because I just watched it is Inception because it's like so mind toggling. Mind toggling. Yes. Whatever. And toggling between. It does toggle your mind, yes. 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 Dream and reality. Yeah. Listener, your your, uh, mileage may vary as to letting your preteen watching Chris Nolan movies, but just we all have our own own burdens to bear and choices to make with our parenting. But we're not here to talk about. Oh, am I supposed (laughs) to say mine? Yeah. Probably the one that I've seen the most. Oh, shoot. Didn't think about that, did you, I Daniel? Didn't really. <laughs> I think it might be. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I think it might be The Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, Chris Nolan's yeah. Uh, middle Batman movie. You do a uh, good impression. Of what? The Joker. Oh, I probably shouldn't do that for the podcast. My favorite line. Ask him in person next time you see him. Yeah, listeners. ask me in person next time. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, some people just want to watch the wor- the world burn. Mm-hmm. That's what Michael Caine's Alfred says to you. Christian Bale's Batman, Bruce Wayne. So I think that's probably true. But we're not here to talk about the world burning. Nope. Or into the Spider-Verse or Curiosities and George's or Blackhawks being shot down or rings being fellowshipped, fellowships being broken. <laughs> and journeys. <laughs> yeah. And journeys, etc. We are here, though, to kind of talk about a journey. Yes. The journey is scripture from Genesis to Revelation and talking about what we've been uh, repeatedly returning to in the series on Rev, uh, series on Genesis. <laughs> you just want it and so we'll, bad, Daniel. We'll go to uh, both probably in uh, uh, the sermon series on Ephesians this fall and next year in Revelation. Uh, we are going to be talking about the covenant triad or covenant triangle today. Something that we've mentioned on the podcast, certainly has been mentioned in the sermons a bunch, mm-hmm. uh, especially through Genesis. Yeah. Talk to me. All right, Nick covenant triad. Try Do we want to say triangle or triad? I always said triangle, but it could be triad, triad. just as easily. Yeah. I think covenant. I remember Jason Deroshi teaching it as a triangle. What What about covenant Trinity? Is that not okay? <laughs> I mean, that's less clear. Okay. We're, we're I'm talking use about triad. You use triangle. Okay. Sounds what good. Happens. All right. Try. I mean, triad just as like, you know, I think of like, you know, uh, uh, mob, you know, uh, bosses from somewhere overseas, you know, the, the Yuzuka triad, you know, in their stuff. That's triangle. Something. I always think like the Bermuda triangle. Oh, that's true. Where you get lost in it. You get lost in this. Anyways, <laughs> what is the covenant triad slash triangle that we've yeah. been mentioning in Genesis? So the main point is that, um, throughout scripture, what we're seeing is how God is relating to his creation, specifically his people, Right. And so what we see in the first few chapters of Genesis is that God creates uh, and he creates mankind to be in fellowship with him. So he creates us to relate to God, right? To be in his presence. Uh, And then he creates this place, right? The garden of Eden, which is kind of foreshadowing like a temple. It's like a, um, a place of worship, a place of God's presence dwelling with man. And so what we see is this, covenant triangle of God's people in God's place, enjoying God's presence. So that's it. Those are the three points of the triangle. And the rest of scripture after Genesis three, because Genesis three comes and that's kind of fractured, right? Sin enters the world. 
uh, Adam and Eve try to hide. They try to hide themselves and, um, and their fellowship with God is broken and they're kicked out of God's place, kicked out of the garden, yep. right? Yep. So now the question is, what's going to happen? And God promises that there's going to be a coming seed, a coming uh, promised seed who's going to crush the head of the serpent and reverse the curse. Is it good that Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden? Yes. Why? Because that's one of the effects of sin. Is yes. That sin cannot dwell in the presence of God. So and that's the, yep. the place where that's meant to happen. Yeah. So in a sense, being removed from God's place mm -hmm. when sin is present is to protect exactly. from his presence. Yep. And so the removal of Adam and Eve, though judgment was also shot through with mercy. Mm -hmm. And even in their removal, we see that God covers them, yep. right? Which is also pointing forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the movement then, so God's people in God's place, enjoying his presence. And then the movement that we see throughout kind of the Bible is this coming and going, coming and going. Mm -hmm. Just real fast. I mean, let's, let's talk about bookends here. So I, I'm always thinking in terms of the book of Revelation. Yep. Never endingly. <laughs> and Genesis 1 and 2, you know, I think is the appropriate, yeah. uh, you know, first bookend uh, before the introduction of sin in Genesis 3. Just to like really quick. So God's people are originally our first parents, Adam and Eve. And mm -hmm. God's place originally is? The garden. The garden of Eden, mm -hmm. Right which was not intended to be the only place of God's presence right. in the original creation, albeit God's sovereignty and other things with the introduction of sin. But it seems that Adam and Eve were meant to tend, guard, keep, mm -hmm. expand. Expand the garden the to garden. be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Yep, right? with the glory of God. Yep, which, mm -hmm. yep. And then God's presence being with them uh, is for their benefit. And I would say in the literal and also symbolic value of the tree of life mm -hmm. is not only like a, a derivative thing, but points towards the very presence of God being with them. So part of the reason, this would be a much longer theological discussion, but part of the reason that they uh, suffer the consequence of sin and death is that God's presence is no longer with them to eternally sustain them. Mm -hmm. You remember the Israelites wandering in the wilderness for all those years? Mm -hmm. And God says to them, you know, the clothes on your back didn't wear out. You, you're like all these other things. His presence was there to sustain them. Mm -hmm. Ergo, I would say Adam and Eve did not have the innate ability to live eternally. Sure. Apart from God's presence. God's sustaining so presence. God's presence is necessary for all those benefits. Mm-hmm. And when his presence is removed or we're removed from his presence, we see all kinds of stuff happen thereafter. Yep. What direction were they, uh, were they removed from the garden? The east. And what was placed to prevent them from coming back? Uh, there was a, an angel mm -hmm. with a, a fiery sword. Yeah, is that what it is? with yeah. a fiery sword. Do we see any of that geography or that imagery show up again in the Bible? Um. Well, do you have something specific in do mind? Do you have something specific, Nick? Well, I was just thinking like uh, um, when Jacob goes away from the promised land yep. and then he comes back and what does he encounter? The angel of the Lord. Yep, yep. Which I think kind of harkens back. I think it does. To returning into God's promise and presence. Yep, yep. 
And what direction does Jacob leave the promised land when he goes to Padan Aram? East. That's right. North <laughs> and east. Uh, the geography of the tabernacle and the temple. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what direction when they set down that the entrance was facing? East? Yes. Yeah. Did you just guess? I actually or? didn't okay, remember that. Right, but, right. <laughs> do you remember? but then there was a cherubim. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Go ahead. Guard. Was it on the? Yeah. Sewn onto yes. the, uh, I don't remember exactly where it was in the tabernacle, but in the temple, yep. it was the, the curtain that covered the, the Holy, Holy of Holies, Holies. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, barred the way mm-hmm. as it were. So God's presence in his place for the benefit of his people. Cause you can, you know, the way that you explained it, you know, God's people in his place for the enjoyment of his presence. Mm-hmm. It also works the other direction. God's presence in his place for the benefit of his people. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we see in the nation of Israel, this kind of uh, exodus and exile duality as they sin and God is still gracious to them through the sacrificial system and mercy mm-hmm. and other things. But ultimately they are exiled yep. and kicked out of the land in a way that's extremely similar to what happened to Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so that, I mean, God promises that land to Abraham in Genesis 15. And then you see the Exodus happen and they wander through the desert and eventually they come home to the promised land. And then through sin and many, many Kings forgetting the Lord, they are exiled and so we see that even that promised land was not the ultimate fulfillment of that promise, right? Um, yeah. There's more coming. Yeah. And I is, think that's yeah. You know, the point of Genesis and pointing through you know, God's people, God's presence, God's place. So Israel, Isaiah says, Israel is God's son, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then uh, Israel that was supposed to get this strip of land in Palestine for all kinds of purposes, I think evangelistic uh, purposes as well, um, which is another podcast for another time. But then we see in the fullness of time, God's son mm-hmm. comes. Yes, God's son. Who? Uh, I mean, uh, where? I mean, where do we see Jesus kind of embodying this idea of God's people? Like, where? Mm-hmm. What? What text do we have, or what uh, background information do we have? Yeah. So I, I mean. I think of Matthew. Yep. Um, where it's even it, at his birth, mm-hmm. um, he his family flees to Egypt. Yeah. Right. Yep. And as God's son yep. uh, goes to Egypt and then comes back out of Egypt, yep. and Matthew says this was to fulfill yeah, what yeah. Hosea says: "Out of out of Egypt I called my son." Yep. yep. Which he harkens even back further to the Exodus. Yep. Yep. So Jesus is taking that on, fulfilling that promise, coming yep. out of Egypt as the perfect son. Yep. And then, um, you know, we see things like, so he's baptized. The Lord says, this is my son, yep. whom I am well pleased. And then minute, immediately, what does he do? He enters the wilderness. Mm, among the wild beasts. Mm-hmm. Yep. For 40 for days. 40 days. 40 yep. And, and why is that significant in relationship to the story of Israel? So Israel, out, when they are when they go through their exodus and leave slavery of Egypt, they enter the desert for forty mm-hmm. years uh, and wander. Um, but where Israel failed yep. in their wandering, they sinned. Yep. Uh, Jesus succeeds, and he's tempted by Satan and does not give in. Yeah. And so he succeeds where Israel fails as the true son. Yep. Um, and then. What happens after that? 
I mean, there's loads of other things, yeah. but I think it's just, uh, I mean, uh, the gospel of John is replete, like filled up with stuff about Jesus as God's son, Yep, you know, that stands in the place of Israel. So as a covenant representative, mm-hmm. so all these other representatives, you know, you go to the book of Romans and, you know, Paul talks about Adam as a representative uh, of humanity. So Jesus stands in place as a representative of new then, humanity. Yeah. And it says in Galatians that it doesn't, when referring to the seed, it doesn't say seeds, it says seed. Yeah. Paul is Paul really particular about singular, the, mm-hmm. singular versus plural. Mm-hmm. Um, so that in Christ, we see this microcosm turned into macrocosm of God's people. Yep. Uh, but it's not only Christ as God's people, it's Christ as God's place. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Um, so the presence of God throughout the Old Testament was the tabernacle. Yep. In the wanderings where yep. God's spirit was with his people. And then eventually the temple, right? Which is the place where, um, you know, his spirit was there. They would come experience God's presence. Yep. And his presence was among the people, yep. right? Um, and then Jesus comes and when he dies, the curtain in the temple is torn in two. Yeah, ripped in half. Um, the, the, to, what separated se- exactly. the Holy of Holies mm-hmm. from you know, that, that, what we just talked about, like here's an angel standing to guard to prevent the, humanity place. from coming close to God, mm-hmm. uh, whether Israel or the Gentiles in the outer court or whatever. But now- in Not Christ, this. yep. Now the dwelling place of, well, so actually Christ coming yeah. in the incarnation is the first step. He came to dwell with man, yep. right? John 1, yep. he tabernacled literally exactly. with, with humanity. Yep, and then when he died uh, in Christ, we can, he, he bought the ability for us to dwell with God. Yeah, yeah. And then what happens is that Pentecost comes mm-hmm. and- you know, well, actually Jesus leaves and he says, the helper's coming and it's yeah. gonna be better that I leave and the Holy Spirit come. Which is wild. I know, right? Like, Jesus is actually there and he says, it's actually gonna be better because the Holy Spirit's actually gonna dwell in yeah, his people. Yeah, yeah. So then Pentecost happens, the Holy Spirit descends and then the church, you know, we, his people are indwelt. So we've become the new temple. We have become the place where God's presence dwells through Christ. It's his spirit that is living inside of us. Um, and so that's true individually, we're the temple. And then it's true corporately as a church, as the body of Christ, we are the temple of the living God through the spirit. And then one day our faith is gonna become sight. Right. And the new heavens and the new earth will be the, the perfect temple, the dwelling place right. of God with man. Right. So I'm thinking of Jesus, you know, John 2, is it, you know, destroy this temple in three days. Yep. I will raise it up. Um, that he doesn't, you know, when the man uh, born blind from birth, you know, uh, receives his sight by Jesus and then he's pushed out of the synagogue. Mm-hmm. I think John is trying to, sh- and then, but then he comes to Jesus and he worships him. Mm-hmm. I think John's trying to point to like, here is a, Jesus is the, Jesus is the temple. The he fulfillment is the of the temple. Mm-hmm. Of this, so that the bookend at the end of the Bible that, oh man, I mean, then I saw a new heaven, new earth, Revelation 21, one, first heaven, the first earth had passed away. The sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, 
behold, the dwelling place mm-hmm. of God is with man. Mm-hmm. He will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with him. There it as is. Their God. There's the covenant triad. Mm-hmm. Covenant triad. So God, this is a trajectory that we're on beginning in Genesis, culminating in Revelation, but with really clear intentional markers all along the way yep. as the covenants develop. You might say the covenants progress uh, from, yep. from Adam to the new covenant. <clears throat> yep, so. which is why a lot of times we talk about that the covenants in scripture are kind of like the backbone yeah. of the story of the Bible because it's all about God's relationship to his people. Yeah, and I think, so this is free. Here we are, the revelation guy with the revelation hat on. Yep. Local revelation guy. Uh, that, the book of Revelation is there to help us see like our place in this part of the story in preparation for the culmination of all things in mm-hmm. this covenant triangle. Like we don't see God's presence fully here on earth. Right. But it's coming. Yep. How then should we live? I think that's what the book of Revelation is about. Yeah. Anything else you'd say about this, Nick? Uh, I think we covered it Covered it well. well. Any other guests want to say anything else about Nick's and my conversation? I see the shaking of heads. Well, this is fun. Capping off Genesis uh, and now headed into other things, eager to get to uh, the other bookend of the Bible. I am too, Daniel. I'm looking forward to it. Good. Not as much as I am, but... Probably not. I think that's impossible. Probably not. Thanks, man. Yep.